You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. to be able to share it with you. I think that, you know, through 2020 and everything that we've walked through, the devil, the devil has stolen too much. And it's time to get some stuff back. And one of those things that I want to talk about is peace. Because we've been rattled by all kinds of things, and yet God in heaven said we can have peace that surpasses understanding. The Bible says in Isaiah 26:3, you will keep in perfect peace all. Somebody say all. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all. Somebody say all. All All your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Somebody like the word of God? We're going to get a lot of it. Be anxious for nothing. Somebody say nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. The title of my message today is called All and Nothing. All and Nothing. Because the Bible says that we can trust God in all things. That's a lot of things. And then he says we should be anxious for nothing. Like nothing. All and nothing. How do we do that? I want to unpackage tonight how we can actually live the word of God out. How do we live a life of peace when there's extreme chaos that surrounds us and yet it doesn't have to be in us? Now, I find it interesting that the word all and nothing, like there's no caveat. There's no addendum. It's not like, okay, well, you get a pass if you've experienced loss. And loss is real. Hey, you can, you don't need, you you shouldn't be anxious for anything except when the world rocks around you. There's no caveat. There's no doubt. It says all, that we can trust the Lord in all things. So I did a little research because I found a world and a society, not here in our church, of course, but that lives with a level of anxiety and doesn't know what to do with it. And this is what um, a leading researcher in American University studied, the things that people worry about. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. All right. His research discovered 40% of what people worry about are things that never happen. 30% are concerns of the past. 12% are needless worries about health. 10% are about petty issues. 8% are legitimate concerns. That means that we waste... 92% of our energy on things that will never happen. I want to talk tonight about the 8%, about the legitimate things that happen. Because it's easy to go, well, okay, I get it. I need to let that go. That's not really a thing. But what about when our real fears happen? What do we do? When real life happens to us, when the bottom drops out, when all is going well, and then all of a sudden there's some sideswipe that we never expected to happen, how do we then have peace? Because the Bible says that we can. Here's the thing. When we worry, even about legitimate things, what we're really saying is our problems are bigger than his promises. 
what we're really saying is, I don't trust God, I trust me more. What we're really saying is, God won't take care of me. And I'm here to tell you tonight, that's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Now, I know a little something about legitimate problems. So, yes, I grew up as a missionary kid. Yes, I've grown up as a Christian. But you know what? Life happens to us all. And I could share story upon story upon story about things that happened in my life. But I was thinking about this. And a few years ago, I went on a trip to New Zealand. And I went to a place called Rotorua. And in Rotorua, it's known as the adrenaline junkie capital of the world. So fun. I went there on vacation. And so my friends and I, we each decided, let's each pick an excursion and, like, go on the excursion in New Zealand. How fun is this going to be? So I chose whitewater rafting. And this is level four, no joke, went down four waterfalls, went all the way under the water, popped out, kind of uh, rafting. And it was awesome. And then one of my friends, she chose the glowworm caves. And um, there's only a couple places in the world where these caves exist. One of them's New Zealand. They said they're the blackwater glowworm caves. I'm like, cool, yeah, that sounds great. And so we go. And um, I start to notice as we're driving there that the van is going up. And I'm like, why is the van going up? Like, isn't water down? Like, there's going to be, like, blackwater rafting is what they called it and to get to these caves. And I'm like, we keep going up. Then we get up there, and our tour guide says, OK, I need you to put on a wetsuit. Um, here's some ropes and some gadgets that I've never seen before. And he's like, go ahead and put those on. I'm like, why? Like, we're going to go see glowworms and like go down the river. How hard can this be? And he's like, you know, the tour guide, a lot like the Holy Spirit, not going to tell you what's about to happen. And so off I go on the excursion. and. We get to the top, and I see this kind of hole in the mountain. And they say, we're going to drop you down a whole bunch of stories into the water. Did you show one of the, the pictures um, that I've got there? You can, oh, that's us starting out happy. Note that. Can you show the next picture? That's where we were being dropped down. Yeah. So I get dropped down into the water. And we get in, and he says, okay, there, grab your tube. We're going to get into the water. We're going to go down the caves. It's pitch black. The caves cover the water. I look down, and I'm like, well, the water's kind of black, too. I can't see what's in it. Um, hey, sir, um, anything in the water? He says, yeah, you know, there's eels. Eels are in the water. I'm now tubing with eels in the water. I can't see anything. And he says, just if you hit any rocks, just push yourself off. Get downriver. Awesome. We do this. We get down river. Finally, it comes to kind of a clearing. And he says, okay, sit right here. We sit down. We lay down. We look up. And he hits some sound. And then all of a sudden, the entire cave lights up. Can we show that picture? Stunningly gorgeous. We're laying there. It's so beautiful. And he goes, let me tell you the story of the glowworms. I'm like, go ahead. And he's like, well, they're not actually glowworms. They're maggots. Eels in the water. Maggots above me. I'm like, are they falling on us? Are they going to eat our flesh? Like, what's happening? I'm disgusted at this point. He's like, so the moment has ended. We're going to go back. And he says, get your tube, and we're going to start going upriver. I'm like, this thing is not circular. We need to go back from where we came from. We went downriver. 
He's like, yeah, don't worry, Stacy. You, you know, water's about yay high. I'm like, you're six foot three, tour guide. I am five foot three. It's up to my neck. I am wading through the eel water all the way to the end where he then says, and now we make the climb. What climb? Next picture. I don't know if you've realized my physique yet. Curvy, but not athletic. I'm horrified. And here's the thing, I'm so exhausted. And I've got a wetsuit. I've got boots that have filled with water. I finally got to this place. They're like, you've got to climb. And I'm like, I can't do it. Ever been there? Ever been in a place you're like, I didn't choose this excursion. God. I didn't choose it. I don't want to do it. I am like a good talker. I think I talked to him for 45 minutes on different ways that I might be able to get up through that hole that they dropped us in. He wasn't buying it. He said, I had to do it. And he said, here's the thing. Stacey, what's going to happen is you just, you can do this. you got to go up. Now there's this one part that's real difficult. You kind of go bend back, throw yourself forward. I'm like, it's wet. I got all this stuff on. Hold on tight. He says, don't use all of your arm strength because then you'll never make it up. And then he says... There's two ropes, Stacy, and one rope is on you, and the other one's hooked to me. Now, if you freak out and you feel like you're going to fall, don't pull on my rope because you'll kill me too. <laughs> now I'm like, I could kill myself and you. At that moment, I am like, Jesus, I don't want to do this. And I literally have to pray a prayer. And go, Jesus, I believe there are promises in my future. I believe you want me alive. Send me an angel. And so I start the climb. I, of course, use all of my arm strength in the first minute. <laughs> my fingers are like bleeding. I'm holding on so tight. Comes to the part where you got to lean back and launch forward. Remember, I'm short. I'm like, my foot's not going to make it. I cry out to God and miraculously... I am thrown to the top and somehow make it out alive to tell you this story. Yeah. All that to say, I understand excursions that we don't choose for ourselves. And that's kind of real in normal life. But what about when we don't choose our excursion of pain? What about when we don't choose the pain path that's maybe chosen for us? When we hit real life issues in our life. Like, I didn't choose this, but I'm in it. What do I do now, God? Point number one is this. Peace is not external, it's internal. Peace is produced by the Holy Spirit. To clarify, peace is not the absence of a storm. It's not external conflict. It's peace through it. Peace is not found in things. Peace is not found in a perfect person. Peace is not a destination you arrive at. Peace is not absolute certainty about your future. Peace is not the absence of a bad report. Peace is the knowledge of the fact that there is a God in heaven who sent the Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace is one of his names. That when we go through the storm, that when we get the bad report, when the relationship goes awry, that at that point then we can reach out to God himself, the Prince of Peace. 
The Bible promises that he will be with us always, even to the end of the ages, when we accept and we receive him. And here's the thing about peace. You can't manufacture it. You can't fake it because it flows from the person of God. Peace is a person. It's wrapped up in Jesus. Peace is a person that we can invite in any time. And the Bible says, is with us always. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself. So the, the Lord God is peace. It's who he is. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Peace flows from our relationship with Jesus. And we know if we have this peace, because when we are in a storm and we cry out to Jesus, he shows up and peace is produced. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. What Spirit? The Spirit of the living God. If we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have access to the gift of Jesus himself, which is peace. So if we have a lack of absence, do we have a lack of a relationship? with Jesus, our Savior. Don't worry, it's going to get good. I'm going to help you, okay? Number two, peace is a promise. Peace is a promise. When we find ourselves like Job, do you know in Job 3, 25 and 26, it says, what I have feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. What happens when what we have feared actually manifests and happens? What do we do then? What did Job do? And here's the thing about Job. He wasn't privy to the backstory. He didn't know that the devil made a deal with Jesus that said, I'm going to afflict this man, Job. And God was good with it because he knew the heart of that man. And he knew that Job would not deny his Jesus, even if the devil threw all hell at him. How do we know the rest of our story? Job didn't know the end of his chapter. He didn't know the end of the book yet. So when we go through a storm, instead of asking Jesus why, how about we cling to the promise of who he is? I read um, a devotional recently that said if we constantly question God with why, we will be led down a, a, a path of depression. Why is that? Because I don't know about you, and I've been a Christian a long time. Whenever I've gone through something, I've never had this happen when I ask God why. He sits down with me and says, okay, Stacy, let me break it down to you. So here's the thing. So I want to start out with when it first started and then walk you all the way through and then tell you how it's all going to end. That is not faith. It's not how it works. I wish it was different. This is how the economy of heaven is set up is by faith because he knows the end of the story when we invite him in. He knows. He knew with Job. Job was promised a longer life, a more fruitful life. He lived 140 years experiencing on earth the goodness of God after he, what he went through. If you are in the middle of this storm, it's just the middle. It's not the full story. God's got you. The Bible says in Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The word keep means to guard, protect, or maintain. It's a military term, meaning to protect a camp or a castle. The enemy is not able to get in when God's promise of peace, his guard, his protection of peace, protects us. When we have a guard, we have nothing to fear. I love that. I love that about Job, that, that he didn't know what was going on, and yet 
He chose the better way. He chose Jesus in spite of the storm. The phrase perfect peace literally means shalom, shalom. Um, In the original um, writings, there was no word for perfect. The word ascribed to perfect was shalom. And it's a Hebrew word. The original manuscripts. Now, here's the thing. It was perfect peace, and it was actually shalom, shalom. So when God repeats himself, we best pay attention. He's like, you're going to have shalom, shalom. You're going to have peace, peace. You're going to have perfect peace. This is the word what, what shalom means. Shalom means more than peace. It means wholeness, wellness, well-being, safe, happy, friendly, favor, completeness, to make peace, peace offering, secure, to prosper, to be victorious, to be content, to be tranquil, to be quiet, and to be restful. There is rest in the peace of God. There is a place for our souls to lay at rest when we experience the relationship of the Prince of Peace. How do we keep this promise that God has given us? Number three, mindset. Set our mind on God and not on our problem. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. When we begin to focus our mind on the Lord and not on our problem, it's a whole different ballgame. And I began to question God on this because... I have found that in those seasons, those times when the bottom drops out, when you feel like you're in darkness, when you don't know what the future is going to look like, when you're believing for something and you haven't seen it yet, when you have a promise and yet it hasn't happened yet, when you have a loss and you don't know how to deal with the grief, when you're in the middle of all of those things, that's where we begin to waver. And I began to ask God, Lord, in my own life, I've gone through these seasons and times. I've gone through some really rough things. But how is it that I've not gone to a vice? How is it that I've not gone to an addiction? And, I, and it's a real thing because when you experience real pain, a pain you never chose, I'm telling you, your entire being is crying out to ease the pain. And God says, there is a way. There's the way of peace. And I thought, well, God, I'm no special person. Like, why? Why have I been able to track all these years with you? And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. I've got a long way to go and a whole, all kinds of journeys. But when the the bottom has dropped out, I continuously find myself back at the feet of Jesus. And so I asked God, why is that? And he said, Stacy, because you grew up with a dad and a mom that loved you. You grew up in a secure environment. And I began to think about childhood. And I began to think about my own story. And then I began to think about others. And God reminded me, um, I remember one time, Uh, So I grew up, I'm Italian and Jewish, grew up Christian, big feisty fun family. And and growing up, you know, I had a stable environment. My parents have been married now for over 40 years and um, really had a a wonderful, went through stuff as anybody does, but but was saved at a very young age. And I remember when I went to college, um, I was working at Chili's Bar and Grill, winning tables, shout out for Chili's. And... um, And so I remember one time my parents had come from Ecuador and they were visiting here in the U.S. and they came to the job that they knew that I had and um, I got to wait on them. And so I waited on them and as I did, different, you know, employees and managers were making their rounds and chatting with my parents and they knew they came from Ecuador. And then afterwards I was chatting with my parents and I'll never forget, my dad looked at me and he said, Stacy, I want to let you know that I am so 
proud of you. And he said, I'm not proud of you because you've got this job and you're, you know, paying your way through college. I'm proud of you because every employee that's walked by here has said to me, oh, man, when Stacy comes in, the whole room lights up. Stacy's encouraged me so much. And they began to tell their different stories and their different encounters. And I remember him saying to me, Stacy, I don't love you and I'm not proud of you because of what you're doing. I'm proud of who you are. And I began to realize that there are masses of people that did not grow up in that kind of a childhood. They didn't have the eyes of a father look straight into them and say, I'm so proud of you. Not for what you've done, not for what you've survived, but for who you are and tonight. The Prince of Peace. God himself wants you to know that he is proud of you and that he loves you for who you are because you're his. He loves you. He sees what you're going through. And here's the catch. When we haven't grown up trusting a father or a mother, then sometimes it's a big bridge to trust our perfect father. And so tonight, I want us to be able to receive of God himself. He, we can't erase the history. We can't erase the childhood that, was, that you grew up in. But I am telling you this, the Prince of Peace can step into your life right now. He can go ahead and glorify and use. The Bible says that he will use all things together for good, for those that love him and live in accordance with his name. He will take every bad, broken heartache, and he will create something so beautiful out of your life and your story when you invite him in. And today I am believing that that trust can be restored or even maybe for the first time begin because maybe an earthly mom or dad did the best that they could and the best that they knew how, but it was rough. But tonight God wants you to know that he's the perfect father. And though humans have failed, God never will. He's a good God. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, when nothing makes sense, when we don't get it, God, the Prince of Peace, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This peace transcends all understanding. Here's my last point, and I'll wrap it up quick. Point number four, turn every anxious thought or worry into a prayer. This has saved my life. This has literally saved and changed my life. When real life happens to us, an anxiety or a fear or a thought begins to come to us, we can't, um, we can't change or control the thoughts that come to us, but we sure as heck can control what we do with them. And there's two things that should happen when a thought comes. Is it of God? Great, then I receive. If it is not, then I rebuke that thing and I tell it to leave. In the name of Jesus. And sometimes when the real life story is there and it's playing out in our head, what I have done is I've gone, I just invite God in. God, you know this situation. God, you know my pain. Hide nothing from God. Put it out there. He's good for it. If we're going to worship somewhere, worship at the feet of Jesus, not at the feet of anxiety. Let us not worship at the feet of fear. Let us worship at the feet of Jesus. And it's as simple as turning a worry and a fear into a prayer. 
God, I invite you in. God, I don't know what to do with this pain and this hurt and this heartache, but God, I invite you in. Thank you that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Thank you for who you are, oh God. I'm telling you, you can go from the depths of depression into the most glorious restoration and miracle testimony in a moment. Okay, here's the best bit. Are you ready? This is the best bit. Okay. Anxious worry. So the word anxious means this. It's been said that there, first of all, it's been said that there are more people addicted to anxiety than to all the other addictions combined. That's why we need freedom tonight. The pictographic symbol, and you better believe this is from Jesus himself, Revelation, because I am not a doctor, nor am I a researcher for those that know me. I like stories. But I stumbled upon um, a researcher, a godly Christian researcher, who looked up the word, the original word shalom, when they, back in the day, when before it was like language, it was pictures. This is what shalom meant. It was four words, shin, lam, vav, and mem, and it reads this. Destroy the authority that binds to chaos. Break off all authority that would attempt to bind us in our minds to chaos. What does that mean? Now, I remember I told you shalom means all those other things, and it does. We're talking about the verb and the noun. So all those actions, that's absolutely, those are all the things. We should live a restorative life. We should be content and happy and restful. But then God says, the pictographic symbol for shalom, destroy the authority that binds to chaos. You know where there's chaos, where it begins? In our mind. When we have two voices that contradict each other. Right then and there is the devil's playground. Right then and there is when torment begins in seed form. When we have these words from God and these promises from God, and then all of a sudden we have another word that is not from Jesus, and it brings chaos, and we become double-minded, and we become tormented in our own minds. And the Bible says that in those moments that you have access to shalom, that you can tell that voice to leave in the name of Jesus, that you can tell those curse words to leave in the name of Jesus, that you can say, no, this is the mind of Christ. He who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. I am telling you tonight, there is peace that surpasses all understanding. This is why the Bible is so clear that we are to take every thought captive because he don't want that devil's playground. It's, this is God's world within us if we give it to him. And we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm going to everybody stand up right now. How many people know tonight that it's time to trust God in all things and be anxious for nothing? David said in Psalm 55, 22, and I love this. So here is what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and all your anxieties at the feet of the Lord Jesus and measureless grace will strengthen you. Goes on to say, my life's hope and trust is in you, God, and you'll never fail to rescue me. I want us to close our eyes right now. And I want us, we're gonna begin to, to pray. Just close your eyes and lift up your hands to the heaven. 
Lifting our hands is simply a sign of surrender. We're saying to God, it's time for me to not trust me, but to trust God. It's time to remember though, that maybe I didn't choose a particular excursion, a particular storm, and yet the God of peace himself wants to invade your world, your life, your mind, your heart and spirit and liberate you tonight. We're gonna do a couple things in this place. I'm gonna open up the altars and I'm gonna, I've got three specific things that we're gonna bring to the feet of Jesus tonight. And I don't want anybody to worry about the person next to them or around them. I'm telling you, when you wanna get free, get free. As a pastor, I've sat on the, or stood on the front row and when there's a call and I felt a little tug at my heart, I'm at the front of the altar because it is where God alters our life. And you may think, well, I can do that right here in my seat. You sure can. But there's something about stepping out. There's something about stepping out of the old into the new. And I want us to do that as an act of faith tonight. So I'm gonna share with us three particular calls. And if you find yourself in one of these calls, I want you to make your way down to the altar and we are gonna pray. We are gonna pray together. The first one is this. If you've never invited the Prince of Peace into your life, tonight is your opportunity. If you have once invited him in, but if you were honest with yourself, your peace has been robbed or stolen or it wasn't like it once was, and it's time to invite the peace of God back into your life tonight and rededicate. Can a Christian rededicate? Yes. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all been there. What I love about David in the scripture if you read chapter after chapter after chapter, you find him low and then you find him at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that he's a friend of Jesus. You know who's friends of Jesus? The ones that get close to him. Tonight's an opportunity to do just that, invite him in. And I want to, right now, for you just to step outside of your seat. I'm not gonna go through and close your eyes and all the things. I just want you to come to the altar and rededicate or give your life to God again. I'm gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna pray that the peace that surpasses understanding, yeah, just make your way out. I'm gonna pray that the Prince of Peace himself comes into your world and into your life. Don't worry, this altar is gonna be packed by the time we're done tonight. Because God showed me what's gonna happen and it's real good. Come on up, come on friend. I see you guys, come on, just come right up in front of me to pray with you. Just keep making your way out. I know there's more people. It's a bold thing and it's a good thing. Life's about to change when you invite the Prince of Peace that surpasses all understanding into your life. Just keep making your way out. I see more people coming. I'm gonna go on to the next calls and you guys just keep coming. For those of you that related to my story of growing up, maybe not on the best circumstances, maybe it was with a single dad or a single mom, and if you were honest with yourself, it was a rough go and you did the best that you could. But tonight, God's gonna come in and he's gonna restore an area in your heart so that you can trust again. So that you can let go of what happened and look forward to what God is gonna do in your life. I want you to come forward. Just make your way out to, to, to the front here. I'm gonna pray for you. Should be a good amount of us in this place. 
I want you to come forward because I honestly believe that relationships are about to be restored tonight. I honestly believe that God is gonna restore hearts tonight. That life isn't gonna look like how it's always looked like. That there's a fresh new day ahead as you encounter Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace. My last call is I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna bind and break every single demonic darkness that has tried to steal our peace. So if you have found yourself in torment, in anxiety, if you can't sleep through the night, if you have worry or fear, if you're sitting here tonight and go, I am anxious, Stacy. I'm in the middle of my story, but I wanna get free, then I'm telling you, come out tonight. You're meeting with your savior, Jesus. You're meeting your maker. He designed you. He fought you up. He knows you. And he's the one that will set you free. I'm telling you, you won't find this in tarot cards. You won't find this in crystals. You won't find this in good thoughts and good vibes. You will find this through Jesus Christ, our savior. He knows you. He knows you. Jesus, I already feel his presence working. I already feel him moving across the auditorium. I already feel the presence of God beginning to minister right where you're at. I'm telling you tonight, you don't need me to lay my hands on you. You've got Jesus himself that you are meeting with. And all you need to do here at the altar is to close your eyes. Begin to picture Jesus stepping into your life, stepping into your situation, stepping into your world, your past, your present, and your future. He is a very, very good God. Just raise your hands to the heavens. We're going to pray together. And if you're in your seat, I want us to pray like it was our own miracle. I want us to pray like it was our own promise tonight. Because what's about to happen tonight is a whole bunch of people are going to be completely and totally set free. I don't believe that God is a God of partiality. When we get Jesus, we get all of him. You get every fruit of the Spirit. And tonight he can completely set you free. And then I want you to walk this out with a friend, find a Christian leader, connect leader, volunteer leader, find someone after tonight you can share your story with so that they can continue to journey with you into complete and total freedom. All right, here's what we're gonna do tonight. On a parade, I want everybody just to repeat after me. We're gonna invite the Prince of Peace into our life. And then after we do that, I'm just gonna begin to pray for all the things that I mentioned. And you're gonna be set free right here, right now. Everybody just repeat this. Jesus, Prince of Peace, I receive you tonight. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross that I could be set free, that I can receive wholeness, that I can receive healing, that I can have peace that surpasses all understanding. I receive you tonight and I will live the rest of my life 
praising you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.